I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to Q&A, our regular podcast offering from the Hindustan Times. I'm Prashant Shah, the editor, Views, of the newspaper. In Hathras, in Uttar Pradesh, a young Dalit woman was abducted, allegedly gang-raped, assaulted. After much delay, she was brought to Delhi for treatment, where she succumbed to her injuries. The UP police then, in the dead of the night, took her body back to Hathras and cremated it without, allegedly, the consent of her family. The UP government may have thought this would end the controversy. Instead, it has sparked national outrage. Opposition parties have walked in UP demanding accountability from the UP government. Civil society groups have gone to the extent of asking for Yogi Adityanath's resignation. The Allahabad High Court has taken Suomoto cognizance of the case. The UP government itself has constituted a special investigative team. And Yogi Adityanath, the chief minister, has said that the prime minister called him up to ensure the strictest punishment for the perpetrators. Hathras could end up becoming one other landmark issue that defines the tense relationship between BJP and Dalits. In this edition of Q&A, I'd like to look at two broad questions. The first is why do incidents such as Hathras happen and why is it that the rule of law is consistently violated and undermined in states such as Uttar Pradesh? My second question is what does this mean for BJP politically? To begin with, what is the interlinkage between political power, social dynamics and state functioning in Uttar Pradesh? It is often said that those or that political force which controls state power in the state capital controls the local thana on the ground. Nowhere is this truer than in the case of UP. If you control political power in Lucknow, it is very likely that even bureaucrats who are supposed to be apolitical, who share your political allegiance, will get prime postings. It is also very likely that members of the caste group that you belong to or that your party broadly relies on for electoral victories will end up dominating administrative echelons, particularly at the lower level. When the Samajwadi party is in power, the Yadavs, for instance, dominate the police administration. This was a source of resentment against Akhilesh Yadav in the 2017 elections. When Mayavati comes to power, it is... Dalits, who have traditionally not had access to instruments of justice, who end up getting their voices heard in police stations, which is for the good. The BJP wins elections on the broad plank of Hindu political mobilization. This means that Muslims often don't have access 
two instruments of justice in the same manner that many Hindu social groups which support the BJP have. This is true in the case of SP and BSP vis-a-vis other social groups which don't necessarily back up those parties. But in the BJP's case, it's not just the Muslims who are left out. The coming to power of the BJP also ends up, like in the case of SP and BSP, leading to a preference of certain castes over others. What we have witnessed, therefore, is this interplay between political power, where a certain party is in power, which has a certain inclination towards certain social groups. You have a state administration, which is dominated by people of that caste group, which then ends up depriving other social groups of the same level of access to those institutions. And then you have these social dynamics where there is tension on the ground between that dominant political caste and other marginalized castes. In UP, Yogi Adityanath, who is a Thakur, is seen as partial to Thakurs. There is a sense that the local administration, particularly the police administration, has seen an increasing influx and domination of Thakurs. There is also a sense that crime, and crime, of course, is not confined to any caste, when crime is committed by members of this caste, there is often an inclination of the political dispensation as well as the local administration to turn a blind eye. This is what is the problem. Rule of law must not discriminate on the basis of caste, religion and other parochial identities. It must only follow the text and the spirit of the law. Unfortunately, this close, fairly ugly nexus between political power and state functioning and caste has meant that the identity of the victim, in this case a Dalit, the identity of the perpetrators, in this case upper caste men, the identity of the political dispensation at the top, Hindu in this case, as BJP proudly calls itself, but not necessarily as inclusive as it always has claimed, came together to not only lead to such an incident, which can happen, rapes happen, unfortunately, in this patriarchal, deeply patriarchal society, but also the kind of cover-up and impunity that we have subsequently seen. What does this mean for the BJP? The BJP over the last six years has made a conscious effort to become an inclusive Hindu party. It has moved beyond its upper caste orientation. It has given space and representation to Dalit leaders, to OBC leaders. More Dalits have voted for the BJP in recent elections than any other party. There are more Dalit public representatives, MPs and MLAs in the BJP than in any other party. All of this indicates that there is a change in the nature of the BJP over the last decade. At the same time, the BJP also remains dominated by upper castes. And it is this tension that we are seeing play out, where its efforts to expand constantly collide with its upper caste orientation. Hathras is an example where this has happened again, where the political party's traditional orientation and the nature of the state administration that the political party has actually encouraged 
is not in sync with its claims of being an inclusive party, especially of the Hindus. If Hatras is not to damage the BJP politically, it will have to be seen as doing justice to all castes rather than doing justice to only some castes over the others. Social harmony, a key theme of the RSS and the BJP, is not possible without justice to all castes. Hatras is a human tragedy. Hatras is an administrative failure. Hatras is a political setback for the BJP. Hatras is an example of the deeply patriarchal, male-dominated setup in society as well as in the state that women have to constantly encounter. Hatras is an example of this patriarchy then fusing with caste and class where the woman was a Dalit and came from a poorer family and thus was an easy victim. Hatras is an example of how upper caste men still believe that they can get away, that the rule of law does not apply to them. The UP government is on test. How it deals with Hatras will end up, may end up, becoming one of the defining elements of Yogi Adityanath's legacy. That brings us to the end of this edition of Q&A. Please join us next week. If you have questions for us, if there are issues you would like us to engage with, please do write to us at podcasts at hindustantimes.com. For those of you who are on social media, we are on social media too, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at HD Smartcasts. Till next week, stay safe. Thank you. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.